This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the post-game podcast. I'm your host Edward Kane. and today we'll be bringing you Paul Gore's verdict from Kenilworth Road, as well as Jurgen Klopp's post-match press conference, and of course plenty of fan reaction following Luton Town 1, Liverpool 1. After doing so much to convince so many that this Liverpool had finally taken huge strides forward this season, this was undoubtedly a step backwards as the Reds were held to a 1-1 draw with Luton Town at Kenilworth Road, uh, their first visit here since 2008, and it was a disappointing one, uh, all told. Uh, the Reds never really um, convinced, in all honesty, they created um, only a handful of chances, and most of their shots were restricted to long range from uh, Darwin Nunes in particular. The Uruguay International had around about six shots himself in the first half. Two of them were saved by uh, goalkeeper Thomas Kaminsky. Uh, a couple of headers over and one that hit the crossbar. But um, if you might have felt a little bit unlucky with a couple of them in the first half, the Uruguay International striker can only have himself to blame for one of the misses of the season in the second half from Mohamed Salah's knockdown. The, uh, the striker was around about four yards out and somehow managed to put it over the bar he was looking to do an offside flag that didn't bail him out and they have to say that that was indicative of how it went here at uh, Kenilworth Road um, as the bill huffed and puffed and never really looked like creating the uh, huge chance that they needed to open the score and other than Nunez's uh, guilt edge miss um, Luton went down the other end and made it 1-0 with the on loan Tahi Chong scoring um, a brilliant counter attack you have to say in all honesty and all fairness to Luton, who were honest as the days long, uh, all game to be fair, and uh, really give Liverpool <clears throat> a fight and a battle. And um, it was one that Liverpool didn't really stand up to. Um, the sort of game that you thought might have been um, beyond Liverpool now, after last season's struggles, we all remember the defeat at Wolves, the defeat at Brentford, the defeat at Nottingham Forest. This felt uh, something along those lines, in all honesty, and Liverpool were indebted to Luis Diaz, who dragged himself off the bench to score a stoppage time header and at least spare some blushes and earn a point for Liverpool. Um, and, you know, he is probably the story of the day, um, despite Liverpool's disappointing performance and the fact that they struggled to create any real chances and opportunities. It was Diaz who scored the um, goal that has earned his team a point and he had a pointed message for his father full-time um, that basically just said, free, free my father. Of course, the uh, Colombian's dad is still... Um, hostage essentially in Colombia after being kidnapped last week a horrifying set of circumstances for him and his family in recent days and uh, you know both parents were kidnapped last Saturday evening uh, were led to believe and his mother was eventually returned safely after the work from the Colombian police but his father remains um, a hostage and we're yet to see what happens with that there is some talk that negotiation is ongoing between the Colombian police and government and the uh, rebel group who have Diaz's father in captivity. But um, just the fact that we're even talking about such a situation kind of unlines, underlines what a bizarre story and a horrendous, horrifying story it is to uh, to talk about. Uh, we've just spoken to Virgil van Dijk there about uh, about his teammates, and he said that um, everyone at the club is fully behind him, and um, he only has to speak to anyone if he needs his support, and everyone is there for him. But uh, him and his family now await, uh, anxiously await the developments from his homeland about uh, the safety of his father. And hopefully that is something that is resolved sooner rather than later. It's a truly horrendous situation for anyone to go through. And the fact that the Liverpool player has come off the substitutes bench and rescued his team here at Kenilworth Road speaks volumes to his mentality and his, uh, his mental strength and uh, his ability. Um, and 
also says that um, you know the team are fully behind him. Jürgen Klopp said he put no pressure at all on him being uh, part of the matchday squad today. He's been back in training earlier this week and it was basically down to him if he felt up to it and uh, he certainly did and he come off the bench and has headed Liverpool a point um, and a result that otherwise would have been a bit of an embarrassing one for the Reds. Um, but uh, as we say, Diaz did at least rescue a point. It's not the uh, not what Liverpool would have wanted before kick-off, but it was one that uh, they've been forced to settle for. The chance to go second has been spurned, and now they look ahead to Brentford uh, next Sunday uh, before the international break. It's finished here at uh, Kenilworth Road. Luton Town 1, Liverpool 1. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we. Yeah, I know. We have to talk about that. It's wonderful, it's emotional and it's, it's fantastic. But it, the, the, the real problem is not sorted because of that. So it's just... Uh, um, we 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 wanted to give, and he wanted as well. We wanted to give um, um, Lucho the the opportunity to be a little bit distracted from uh, from the other things. He cannot do nothing. He's waiting all the time. The whole family is waiting all the time. Um, and so he trained out a few times with us, and, um, and, and then he was he was then in a good mood, um, and that's good for him. Um, I think the signs from Colombia are rather positive, optimistic, but not the real, the, the one thing we all want to hear, it didn't happen yet. Um, so, and then he didn't train a lot, and I don't know exactly when you can bring him. The game was obviously a game where another offensive player would make sense to bring him with the quality he has, obviously, and then 15, 20 minutes, I don't know exactly how long he played, and he scores the goal, it was wonderful. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you could just tell us how he was emotionally afterwards and what, what you said to him. Actually, I had, after the game, I was, was no, no words necessary. Just gave each other a hug, that's all. Um, you know how he's um, okay, uh, but desperately waiting for the, for, the right, for the right news. So that's all. Yeah, but besides that, it's now not. We had moments like this in the past. I understand 100%. That's a nice story, honestly, and it's super positive and great for him. But these things go by. The real information we need is a different information. So um, it's that's it. But it's not. It's it's anyway a, a, a really really positive thing for him. But all the other problems stay the same. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, didn't hear that. We picked that up as a club. Shame on everybody who sang it, but I didn't hear it. What would your take on the game overall? Yeah, yeah good. It's about that. Um, strange game. Strange feeling after the game. So I think we should have won, but I think the, the, the draw is the deserved result. <laughs> and we could have lost. So that's how it is. And. Um, Credit to Luton, they did really well, but even with all what they did, we, we, we created chances and didn't finish them off with the last conviction, to be 100% honest. We were not calm enough in these moments. We should have scored, and we should have created. But first and foremost, we actually was all right. We created probably enough, 
just put one or two to bed and it's fine. You win one nil, two nil, absolutely fine. Nobody won here uh, with a crazy result. And I know I knew before why, but now I felt it that they do really well. Um, what I didn't like particularly was first half. We had nil point nil counter pressing, and I. That's something I take personal, to be honest. I told the boys, <laughs> so he's not okay. But because I know they actually want to do it, the question is why they didn't do it. So I have to figure that out. But it will. That's not uh, rocket science, probably. But for that, I have to watch it back. Have time for that. Um, told the boys in half time. Good, good, good. Here, good. Be calm. Be patient. Stay patient. Stuff like this. Uh, and then. If we would now put counter press into that, it would be really helpful because then we have much more possession phases, longer possession phases. They are less um, 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 organized in this moment. Yeah, and then we all know we saw these games before. Um, the Citroen don't get clear of it time. If you put one, if you score one, then little gaps open up. But with a nil nil, and the, and then the idea of Luton, completely fine, no problem with that. Set piece counter attacks. You. They stay in the game, so you have to make sure beforehand that, you, that, they, that they are not in the game anymore, but they were in the game. So they have to counter attack, score the goal. We, I think everybody knows we should have won that ball or not, didn't lose, not shouldn't have lost the ball at the, at the 18-yard line. Um, then they score it. We score the equalizer, and at other moments, um, I respect a lot what they do, but the, the way they defend set pieces defensively. I, if you watch it back, that's wrestling. I, it's, that's really, that's not on the edge, that's on the, on the wrong side of it. So, but they don't get punished, why should they change it? So, fine. Um, so, but there, that was a little bit of discussion around that, that, it, that we, we thought it could have been um, before, not when they scored a goal before, when Virtus' opponent brought him down. I think it was a good point score. Ring and wrestling, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that's it. Last one here. Our, our five offensive players <coughs> are all in the team. They're all in the team. So we have just had many games that they cannot play all the way. But that's how it is. Darwin not in one has a little bit of problem and hopefully all other four are then healthy. Then we find three of them who can start together, one will come on and um, then we have young kids or Harvey can play a bubble of different solutions. And that's how it is for Darwin. So Darwin is one hundred percent in the team. It's not just sometimes you cannot start again. So that's how it is, but then you come on. Um, yes, and he, the first chance he had was was really well done, great pass, first touch top, and then he nails it on the crossbar, I think. Um, and other moments, it's just how it is. So it's, um, the whole team was not in a, in a, in a goal-scoring mood today, obviously, and um, that's then how it, that's not helpful. But what Darwin, what makes him really different, that he's involved in pretty much everything. So that's good. We, we, we are calm. Uh, our problem was not. Even when the finishing, we should have finished better, but I don't think our problem was really finishing. It was other things. We should have created more, and then we would have finished um, one or two situations off, and I would have been completely fine with winning here 1-0. I would have been very, very happy. Um, but for that, we should have played better. 
Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watts. Uh, might be a quick one this because one-one at Luton, and my God, that was a dreadful watch. Um, at least in the end, we have come away with a point because. It was feeling for a bit there, like we could have played for days and never actually put the ball in the back of the net. So shout out to Luis Diaz for that, a moment which did make me a bit emotional, as I'm sure it did many other people, to see Lucho getting a goal with everything that's been going on for him and his family. That was quite the moment, lovely to see. Um, Apologies, by the way, if you hear any fireworks in the background. Obviously, it's all going off tonight, much like they were all around the gate uh, around the ground in the second half during the game but yeah only thing more annoying to me than Liverpool's performance this evening is all the bangs going on around our house but um yeah i'm going to state the obvious now this was poor and Jurgen Klopp has been talking about how if we're going to get to the next level Liverpool have to be able to break teams down who play a low block and you can see just how that didn't happen today and to be proper title contenders you have to win these games obviously and with this nice run of fixtures up until the Man City game we needed to be making the most of it and we absolutely um, didn't do that today I won't say the the sweary phrase I nearly did there Um, but that moment in the second half when we lost the ball on a corner and McAllister ended up getting booked, summed it all up really. It was a rough day today and not exactly a fun watch on a Sunday evening. Right before we're all back at work tomorrow, I just wanted a bit of joy before Monday to be honest. Um, I don't think we necessarily would have anticipated the Liverpool performance being quite so flat, but what I will say is I think a lot of us expected this would be a tricky one today. You know, I did see a few people predicting a walkover before the match but I think for the most part people knew this wouldn't be a straightforward one for us and yes it would have been much nicer to batter them especially with how disgraceful their supporters were throughout the game and good on Cara for calling those chants out on TV by the way um not sure I can agree with his assessment that this was a brilliant game but in terms of the game it it always felt like one where we would dominate possession, but Luton would be difficult to break down. And and so it proved, really. Luton defended really well, but I don't think Liverpool stretched the pitch as much as we could have done. The players weren't offering the width because all the players wanted to cut in and play more central. You know, Trent obviously coming to midfield, Gomez at left-back instead of Simakas. Nacho wants to come into the middle more. Jota, Gravenberch were cutting in. It, it meant that Luton mainly just had to keep it tight in the central areas, which they were able to do. And you combine that with some wayward finishing from Salah and Darwin. And yeah, it wasn't the most thrilling game of football I've watched this season, let's put it that way. And I felt like Klopp waited too long to change it up as well. Simicast felt like the obvious move at the start of the second half to add that width down the left and create those overlaps. But it didn't end up happening until the 65th minute. And we had warning signs from Luton a couple of times before the goal even happened, particularly that moment when they broke through around the hour mark and it was up to Alisson to spare our blushes again. And then eventually they they do get the goal on the counter-attack from the corner, which again was, was really sloppy from us. And 
The other thing is, I think I might love Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah more than my own family at this point, but their finishing simply wasn't on point today. And it was really frustrating to see because it feels like they've both got so much confidence at the moment, especially Darwin after that goal he scored on Wednesday. And we saw early on he tried to score basically the exact same goal as he did midweek in the storm. Um, And he had some great chances and shots, but he also missed a tap-in, a sitter as well, which which may not have counted, depending on what the VAR said on the marginal offside there. But ultimately, he needs to be finishing those chances in these tough games, or we simply aren't going to keep pace with the top of the table. Same with Salah. And, you know, we aren't going to be at the races for all 38 league games you you can't possibly be but we've seen in our best seasons under Klopp when we've won the league or come close that you just have to grind these wins out and get the three points and that's my biggest concern coming out of today can we do that consistently this season you know at least we saw a bit of fight at the end to get a point from this but ultimately it just needs to be better overall in these games um But yeah, once again, shout out to Luis Diaz and that lovely moment so we can at least end this one on a positive note. And hopefully the next game is a bit more fun to watch overall than this one was. So cheers up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Really disappointing result for Liverpool and performance really against Luton in the Premier League and one that obviously draws Liverpool back into the pack of teams who are looking to finish in the top four. And I think that's the most disappointing aspect of today is that Liverpool had a real opportunity, especially before they take on Manchester City in a couple of weeks' time, to secure maximum points in a run of fixtures that they had. Luton away being included in fixtures that you felt that Liverpool were more than capable of winning should really, if they had aspirations of any more than the top four this season, be winning them kinds of fixtures. But... Liverpool, after an initial spell where Darwin Nunes had a number of opportunities in the penalty area, never really looked like winning the game. As much as having 80% possession, domination over the vast majority of the game. And obviously, Luton took the lead late on through a counter-attack, a lack of protection at a corner. And Liverpool were fortunate to come away with any points from the game. Obviously, Luis Diaz scoring the equaliser. Massive, I suppose, story for him and his, his situation at this moment in time. But just on Liverpool's situation... Yeah, it was, a, it was a really disappointing one because when you think about it, Liverpool got themselves in a little bit of an advantageous position at the start of this season because they played a lot of the what you would perceive as better teams away from home, picked up some really good results really over the course of them fixtures. And essentially by drawing a fixture like this, it almost cancels out some of the better results that you've had or at least one of the better results that you've had. And like I say, it does draw you back into that sort of pack of teams or with designs on finishing in that top four where Liverpool could have created a little bit of separation between them and the rest. And Liverpool struggled today against Luton. I mean, early on I felt it'd be a matter of time before Liverpool scored. Darwin Nunes had a number of opportunities around around or inside Luton's penalty area and Liverpool were creating opportunities. There was a bit of a fluency about Liverpool's game and you felt that ultimately the quality would tell and, and Nunes, Darwin Nunes or another player would end up taking that that chance to be able to put Liverpool ahead. But then there come a period in the game where Luton sort of solved that situation. They weren't as easy to play through. The distances were better within their side. 
And I felt Liverpool were really struggling. They were struggling to create chances. They were struggling to have ideas. They started to force things exactly like you shouldn't do. You should always be playing that extra pass, keep circulating the ball, move the legs of the opposition. And Liverpool didn't do that. And ultimately, because they were then giving the ball away or trying to force the play, the play was then breaking down and Luton in, in the small moments that they had were pretty much getting into some decent counter-attacking positions, really, which ultimately Liverpool want to avoid them scenarios because if Liverpool have got 80% of the ball, what you want is any small amount of the ball that Luton have to be the least threatening possible. But because of Liverpool, and I felt a lack of intensity in Liverpool, I don't think the actual the distances were too bad from Liverpool when they lost the ball and went to engage with Luton, but I felt too often they came out second best. And I felt, you know, I'm a massive fan, for example, of Alexander-Arnold. I don't think there's anyone who's a bigger fan. But it is an aspect of his game in terms of intensity where I feel it's lacking at times. Liverpool, for me, were a little too passive when Luton were able to secure possession and then ultimately try and fashion some opportunities. Now, they didn't always lead to shots accumulating on Liverpool's goal but there were situations that Liverpool could have avoided I felt if they'd have stopped it at source more and had a little bit more of an intensity about them and a little bit more of winning the one-on-one duels that they then faced in them quick turnovers really and I felt Alexander-Arnold epitomised that really I felt he was it was really I mean we know his defending is not the most intense but I felt that sort of passivity summed up Liverpool at times and give Luton in the few amounts of opportunity uh, possession that they had opportunities where they could potentially hit Liverpool Thought Van Dijk was fantastic for Liverpool as he has been over the last few weeks and and yet still Liverpool managed to concede a goal and you know I've just mentioned about one of the things you don't want to happen when the opposition have got so such few possession of the ball but the other thing you don't want to happen is have a lack of protection at a corner I mean it's absolutely unacceptable at Premier League level to be conceding from your own corner and that's essentially what Liverpool did obviously Liverpool have a set plan in terms of the stations of certain players when the corner is taken but it should never get into a situation where it progresses to that point whether that be because of the positions of your players or you know a, a, a professional foul to, to not allow the opposition to be able to, to transfer that ball and, and get into the higher area when it's it's been it's been um, cleared by the opposition if you like and I felt Liverpool struggled after that initial spell with Darwin Nunes. I mean, I know Darwin Nunes missed an absolute sitter in the second half and inexplicable. Obviously, you know, apart from that, was really threatening, got into good areas he will do. But unfortunately, we know that he will miss some chances. However, I'd rather him be getting into them sort of situations than have a situation where, like other Liverpool players, were very quiet in the game and didn't probably, you know, get into the areas or produce bits of quality which would manage to see Liverpool win the game and extract three points out of the game in the end. Yes, he was busy, he was Liverpool's biggest threat in there, but ultimately at this on this occasion he couldn't convert one of the opportunities that he had, which I suppose is, is still going to happen at this stage in his career. He's shown he's got you know, a tendency to get into great areas, score a lot of goals, but also have the, the opportunity of missing them as well. And I felt one of the, the problems where Liverpool struggled actually within the game was that Luton set up with a back five. Now, we know that Liverpool have have struggled at times playing against back fives. We've seen it, for example, against Everton for large parts of the Merseyside derby where Liverpool struggled to be fluent and struggled to really penetrate in that last last line of Everton, really. And, of course, the back five allows you to cover all channels of 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 the field, really. All sections of the width of the field is covered. And where the space is is the sides of the midfield players, really. So if you think about if you've got a five at the back and you've got a four in midfield and you've got a one up, up top, for example, them spaces in between the two central midfielders where you should, essentially should have a 3v2 overload in there. 
gives you opportunities to play just on the outside of the opposition's shape. And that's where Liverpool obviously have Dominic Sobozlai and Raven Gravenberg in, in them kinds of positions. And I felt Sobozlai didn't really have his greatest games today. Gravenberg showed moments, but not the kinds of quality or the final pass that would ultimately have opened up apart from one pass to Jota. So they were the areas that Liverpool could really have, have gotten some joy within the game. And if you had a little bit of quality there in terms of slipping through a player or potentially pr- producing a quick combination, that may have resulted in Liverpool going on to win the game through an accumulation of, of opportunities that they may be able to cre- have created <coughs> in that section. Now, one of the reasons where I feel Liverpool are struggling against this back five is Liverpool play a particularly narrow front three when you think about it. Jotter is an inside forward, Salah is an inside forward, and then you've obviously got Nunes as the highest player, the number nine. And really, what you want to try and do is you want to try and spread that back five as much as you possibly can, which again then creates spaces in the middle of the pitch, which gives, you know, Sabozlai more space, it gives Gravenberg more space, it sends Alexander-Arnold if he's moving into them sides. It allows them, because if you look at Luton and how they set up, it was very compacted in that particular area. But that was a lot of the time because Liverpool's wide players don't really want to go on the outside 1v1. They want to play in pockets in terms of making runs from out to in. And I felt Liverpool could have managed that a lot better in terms of stretching Luton and ultimately creating more spaces within that middle section of the pitch, especially in the back end of the first half and early, well, the majority of the second half where I felt Liverpool were really poor. <coughs> And as the game went on, obviously Liverpool did change that a little bit. They brought Luis Diaz on, who we know is Liverpool's best dribbler. He's the best player in, in, in isolation, the one who wants to you know, hug that touchline. And again, that leads to be able to spread the opposition in their unit's favour. Harvey Elliott was stationed on the right-hand side. We know he's comfortable in that kind of position. And all of a sudden, Liverpool, although they didn't create great chances at the back end of the game, they were able to create a little more space. And obviously, Elliott, with a great piece of quality, He's got this great ability, Elliot, to be able to play over in terms of finding moving targets. And that one little bit of quality within the game, obviously into Diaz, who came in from the opposite side, meant that Liverpool essentially finished in a in a 1-1. But, but yeah, I think tactically it's something that Liverpool have got to look at because more and more teams are going to set up like this. And I felt that <coughs> for Everton, as a great example, up until the penalty... I didn't think Liverpool looked like making a breakthrough at all. Liverpool have got to find other ways to be able to stretch them units when a team are playing with a back five and playing deep with a midfield that looks to condense that middle of the pitch as well. So yeah, ultimately disappointing things that Liverpool (coughs) need to do better in terms of tactically. And they were lucky to come away with a 1-1 from Luton. So points dropped and a disappointing performance. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.